0: Welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Zakaria. Field Log, Day 47, The Hunger. If there's one quality that ties together most of the practices, most of the behaviors, most of the thoughts in the warrior king ethos, it's probably high risk, high reward. Right? I've talked about this before. The safest thing you can do for your salvation, for your character, for your quality of life, is to sell everything you own, denounce all of your possessions, and become a monk. Right? A lot of times you'll hear it said, that, and my priest has said this too, is the men and women who become monks or nuns, are the ones where this is the path laid out for them by God because this is their way into the kingdom of heaven, right? Like it was the, the only way they could actually enter the kingdom, right? Have the character transformation, build the connection with God to enter the kingdom of God was by living in a community that is praying 24-7. Now, if you take someone who lives in the world, that person has less time to pray and more earthly distractions, right? So it is actually more difficult to attain eternal life if you live in the world. But even then, it's very possible to live an an ascetical life, right? A life with very few material possessions of a lot of simplicity and to focus all of your time as much as you can muster on prayer, reading the lives of the saints, scripture, attending church services, receiving the mysteries, those sorts of things. But then you can take it one step further. You can have a man, like yourself, who believes that his God-given purpose involves building and developing his capacity to change things. It's as simple as that. It doesn't sound very elegant, but that's the crux of it. When you live the warrior king life, you acquire material wealth, physical strength, Intellectual prowess, all in the service of God's purpose, God's will, and God's purpose for you, of course. But it is greater risk. It's higher risk, absolutely. Because wealth can corrupt, right? The Lord tells us it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven, right? Virtually impossible is what he's saying. Virtually impossible. Not impossible we have many saints who were incredibly wealthy any of the emperors right Emperor Constantine who I'm pretty sure has the title equal to the apostles was the ruler of an entire kingdom and yet he is considered on the same level of holiness as Saint Paul Saint Peter Saint John the theologian but it is difficult money will tempt you right power tool like I say all the time It can cause great good and great harm. Intellect, right? Learning, studying, becoming more intelligent can be a great temptation, can destroy your character, or or it can be a wonderful asset for you to use for the benefit of the kingdom, the benefit of your family and your brothers and your community. Now with that out of the way, One of the qualities that tends to tie men who respond to this material well, right? Men who enjoy the idea of the warrior king ethos. One quality that tends to be present in those types of men is the hunger, right? And the hunger is very dangerous. The hunger is the state of mind, the state of being where contentment is far from you, right? In, in general, when you hit a PR in the gym, you want the next PR, right? When you reach a certain milestone in your career, perhaps you want the next milestone and you can very quickly start to see just how dangerous this can be because you could fall into the hedonic treadmill or perhaps not hedonic, so to speak, because it's not very pleasurable, but the sort of, ambition if you will right ungodly ambition there is such a thing as ambition that's sanctified or allowed by god but this sort of unholy ambition where you want to be rich for its own sake and you want to be muscular because of vanity and you want to be intelligent so that you can feel better than other people the hunger can very easily lead to that but it doesn't have to so let's take a step back for a second, and talk a little bit about what exactly the hunger is, right? What is this new phrase that I'm introducing? What does it really mean? And a lot of it is obvious in the things we've talked about up to this point, but to give it, say, a definition, the hunger is the state of being in a man where he wants to continue to push, right? It's very akin to ambition, but Ambition has a negative connotation of I want these things because I want, you know, earthly power and for my own gratification. So I'm I'm choosing not to use it, right? The hunger is this quality where if I'm sitting on my couch on like a Thursday afternoon, let's say after work, most people want to relax. I don't. I don't want to relax until it's evening time, right? If it's, let's say, 4.30 or 5 o'clock, I don't until dinner time. Dinner time is sort of the trigger in my mind that tells me, all right, time to slow down for the rest of the day, right? I get a lot of my work done early in the morning. I try to front load so that I can have some leisure time in the evening, right? It's very important to have leisure time. But the hunger is that state of mind that gets me to say, I want to continue to push. I enjoy the struggle, right? And many very ascetical and very holy people love the struggle, but it's purely the the spiritual struggle, right? They're always monitoring their thoughts. They're always praying. They're always... Trying to pray longer. They're always trying to read more scripture and more lives of the saints and systematically eradicate any sort of sin out of their life, which is something we should all do. But as I talked about in the episode on, it was a couple of days ago on receiving your blessings, there is this concept, right? Church validated concept that if you make money and then give that money to a ministry, you become a co worker in that ministry. It's a roundabout way. So you can start to see how the hunger might actually be useful. Because while there are many people out there whose zeal for God, right, earnest desire to experience God, manifests exclusively in spiritual materials, there are also men who have a deep desire for connection with God. Right, I'm one of those men, for example, is my life when I didn't know God was not very good. Now it's a lot better. So I want to continue to deepen that relationship. But there is always this state of being in me, this sort of disposition, if you will, that I also want to work and build things. That's really what the hunger comes down to is the desire to make things, build things. And God uses that for his purposes, right? When I believe, and of course, we're getting into spiritual territory. So usual disclaimer, I'm not a priest, not a theologian. Check all of this with your spiritual father. But it appears to me that God will create A man who has a very deep desire to conquer, to progress, to succeed, to build things, to win. And then taken into the context of spirituality, right? Into context of relationship with Christ. That man can use those inclinations, those dispositions to build things of value for the kingdom. And that's really where the hunger shines. If you can find it in yourself to say, A, I love God or I want to love God and I want to continue to grow in relationship with God and whenever I'm around icons and at the liturgy and I'm smelling the incense and I'm hearing the music, it fills my heart with joy and peace. But at the same time, I always want to build things. I want to make things. I want to work harder in the gym, I want to work harder in my career, right? At first, you might think those are mutually exclusive, but like we've learned from that scripture interpretation, they don't have to be. Right? It is, it's a great good to use that quality, the hunger in you to build things and to work through boredom and pain and sadness and anger and laziness and any other emotional state that might prevent you from getting work done, to work through those things, hard labor, and then offer it up to God. Right, a couple of months ago, I got a text from one of my buddies, and I've told the story before, in a different context. I got a text from a, a, a buddy of mine who said, a couple of us are helping to move furniture at a couple from church at their house. They're an older couple, he's old, she's old. So, we're going to get a couple of the guys together, a couple of the younger guys to help them out. I said, no problem. What time? Saturday morning. Perfect. I'll be there. And before we started moving furniture, our priest who was also there, he's a pretty strong guy, right? He's about, I want to say, maybe six, one, six two, and, you know, big hands, broad shoulders, very big guy, who was there also to help move furniture. He said, let's face the icon corner to pray. And I know that, you know, many very devout Orthodox Christians will pray before anything they do. It's not a habit I've gotten into yet. I pray before meals, right? I pray before work. But, you know, some wonderful people take it to the level of praying when they get in the car. You know, Lord, let me get there safe. Praying when they're drinking just a glass of water, right? Bless the water, drink it. Um, Praying before they do any sorts of furniture moving, for example. So my priest because he is a priest, right? He thinks of these things that I unfortunately forget. So we faced the icon corner and he prayed, let all of the labor that we do today be sanctified, right? Be for the glorification of your kingdom because we're working to help a couple out who need our help. Free of charge, of course. But it's, it's just manual labor, right? We're not cleaning up the church even or gardening in the church or anything like that. We're just helping two people move couches in their house and that's it. So what's, what's holy about that? Right? What, what about that makes it a pursuit for the kingdom? The fact that we're doing it for the benefit of others. And that's the key. The hunger can be an invaluable asset in your warrior king pursuits if you use it for the benefit of others. And yourself to some degree as well, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I just tend to not focus on it. But if you're building your physique because you want to be strong, you want to have confidence, you want to project leadership and authority to people when they speak to you, but also because you'd like to be attractive to your future wife, that's fine. Those can coexist. There's no problem there. But that's where the hunger shines, right? So there's this state of being that a man can reach through enough prayer and repentance, fasting, almsgiving, those sorts of things, right? where he has a deep desire to work like a soldier, right? I want to fight for my king. And who is your king? God, right? Christ is king, the king of kings. So if you can harness that desire, that hunger in you and direct it towards something useful for the kingdom, for your community, even for yourself to some degree, that's where the hunger shines but that is not always the case. A, we have to control the hunger. And B, we have to look at what is it directed towards. Is it personal gratification? Are we trying to fill the hole in our heart with something earthly? Or are we trying to work for the glory of the kingdom? So when I first became Orthodox, I struggled with this for a while. And you might as well, right? You might have thoughts where you're wondering, all of the great saints that I read about all the time, they're all poor, they're all meek and quiet, right? They're all spending their time in prayer and vigil and those sorts of things. And I'm spending most of my time working. Is that wrong? Well, no. No, it's not. It's, it's no surprise that the life of rejection of earthly things and constant prayer leads to more saints. But we have plenty of saints who do work, earthly work, right? One of my favorites, and I think I've mentioned it before, is Saint Ilya Muromets, who was a soldier. And he would just run around in the service of his army, right? Obviously, not just by himself, rogue soldier, but he would just win wars for his king, his emperor, who was an Orthodox emperor, of course. And one time I think he was asked, and I actually want to do an episode on him at some point, so I'll read up on this again. But if I remember correctly, one time he was asked, you know, what he does it for. And he says, I don't do it for the money. I don't want money, right? Some woman tried to pay him or something. And he said, I don't want your money. I do it to protect the women and children. But he was a soldier. He killed people. Many people fell by his sword. He caused destruction and pain and murder and mayhem. And yet he's a saint. Let that sink in for just a minute. The earthliest thing you can think of right? Fighting, war. How could that possibly serve God's purpose? Because the Lord hates the wicked. We know that. Those who threaten the innocents have to be stopped. Now, if you have enough power to stop them without violence, fantastic. But a lot of times, it's a large army. It's many men. They're up to no good. They want money. They want to pillage. They want to do God knows what. Murder. So they have to be stopped. And someone had to do it. So what does God do? God finds a man with a pure heart, a holy heart like St. Delia and who also has gifts that are useful in this situation, war and he sends that person. So you can imagine a thousand and one ways this might apply to you as someone trying to live the warrior king life. Right? There's a need at your church or your community or your family and God says What do I have at my disposal, right? Thinking. He always wants to involve us because it's good for our salvation, right? To work for the kingdom. So he says, okay, I see you and you have a pure heart. You love God. You love love him above everything else. But you also have skills at making money, right? I'll put it crudely, right? You just, you make a lot of money. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use the wealth that you've built for my kingdom, my glory. God would say, right? Or something else. Maybe there is a woman who has had a traumatic past of some sort. And I'm just making up examples here. But she's had some sort of traumatic past. And he has you and he says, okay, he loves me, he loves God. But he's very strong and he's very capable handling someone with a traumatic past, right? He's very calm, under pressure, he's very masculine. I'm going to put those two together Because he's going to be able to deal with her traumas and she has certain unique gifts, say, to help him with whatever issues he has. So there are practical concerns here, right? Certain qualities that are celebrated by culture, maybe, don't have to be bad in every case. It just depends on how you use them. And the hunger falls into the same category. God might see in you that you have an insane work ethic, right? You can work when no one else wants to work. You can wake up Saturday morning at 6.30 in the morning and you can do your prayers and do your cold shower and then work for three hours and then go to the gym and then eat lunch and then come back and then clean and do some more work and then go to Vespers and then hang out with your friends, whatever. He sees that in you, that you have that work ethic, that power and he sees that you love him So he's like, great, let's use that power for something useful, right? You could, for example, when I was at the monastery, um, I saw a sign somewhere that, you know, certain donation levels and they said, if you donate a certain amount of money and this was a very large sum for the building of the new church that they're building, you will be considered a founder of the monastery and you'll be commemorated in every service, right? So they're putting up a new church building. It's really big. It's already looking like it's going to be awesome, right? It just the footprint was huge. And if you contribute to that, you're a founder of that monastery. So when you, when you get to the final judgment, I would imagine that God would say, okay, so these are all the sins that you committed and these are all the ones that you repented of. Oh, I see that you, you're, a, you're a founder of a monastery, but you never spent one day as a monk. Not one. Yet you're a founder of a Monastery. That's a lot of credit to you at the last judgment. So use the hunger well, right? Whenever you have that fire in your belly, and I've talked about this before, whenever you feel motivation, use it to set up habits and routines and use that quality in you for God's glory, for the completion of your God-given purpose. But never, never let the hunger rage out of control. Never allow it to drag you into vanity. Never allow it to drag you into ego or arrogance or narcissism. Never allow it to make you pleasure-seeking, right? Maybe you're hungry for the touch of a woman, right? Maybe you have a lot of that fire in you. Maybe you're a young guy, right? And that's normal. But you can't act on that expression of the hunger, right? So you have to learn to direct your passions and desires towards something holy in the literature this is usually called the passionless passions right and i don't have even remotely the knowledge to explain this properly but there's a book by lev gelay who writes under the name of a monk of the eastern church and he writes these really small books incredibly dense incredibly powerful i have one of them and i think it's called orthodox spirituality and it's it's about mysticism and he explains this concept of the passionless passions, right? And I, I, I can't repeat it to you. I would just recommend you pick up a copy and I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. But this concept of directing any feelings inside you towards the completion of God's purpose and to not allow your passions, if you will, to run amok and just, you know, make you do whatever they want and to try to be self-serving. You have to learn to strike that balance. But also, if you think that you are called to this life, the warrior king life, you have to develop the hunger. You have to know that good enough is not good enough. You can't say, I did a decent job. That's good enough. It's never good enough. And I don't mean that you should never be joyful or satisfied. You should. But you can't just let good enough be. You have to really strive for excellence. You have to outwork the opposition, and there is an opposition. There are men in this world who have the hunger and they leave it unchecked and they gather insane resources, right? Crazy wealth, but they're also sleeping with all kinds of women and trying to gratify all of their financial desires and buying anything they can get their hands on. There is an opposition. So we have to harness the hunger as men fighting for the kingdom of God to oppose that force and to do good in the world and to help the church thrive help our community thrive, help our family thrive. If you don't have the hunger yet, develop it. It's as simple as that. Get that fire going. Why do you want to do this? Why do you think that God has chosen you to be a leader if you feel that way? And how is that going to express itself? Ask yourself those questions today and look at the answers you get and make sure To never let your hunger drive you into sin, right? This is one of the biggest challenges we face. But if you can do that, if you can harness the power, right? Like physical strength, if you can harness it for good, you will be a great asset. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way and, of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free. And as always, conquer the day.